Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And welcome to Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Evangelist Cheryl Johnson, President and Founder of the Women in the Word Ministries, and this is In Search of the Truth, coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the United States of America, where you can listen to us on computer by hitting the link www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. Or you can dial in, and the phone number is 319-527-6091. That number again is 319-527-6091. The Bible declares in Psalm 119, verse 160, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy judgments endureth forever. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And John 8, 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So if you're looking for freedom tonight, if you're looking for deliverance tonight, if you're looking for encouragement tonight, I invite you to stay tuned with me in search of the truth, and you'll find it in the Word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you, we praise you, we give you honor, we give you glory, that's do your name, for you are worthy to be praised. Lord, we thank you for who you are and for what you're yet doing in the lives of your people, another day and another opportunity that you're giving us to come together to hear your truth, Lord. And we know, Lord, that your word will not return unto your void, but it will accomplish what you have sent it out to do. Lord, we thank you for your word because it does not change. It is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We thank you for your word because by your word, Lord, uh, we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of you. It is by your word, Lord, that uh, that we have uh, what we stand in need of. It is by your word, Lord, that we receive the power of the Holy Spirit that we need. And it is by your word, Lord, that confirms and convicts and converts. So it is your truth. It is your word, Lord. So asking you, Lord, even right now, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, that, that they would not hear me but they would hear you high and lifted up and that that they would uh, be touched in their very spirit, Lord, so that your words will fall on good ground and that it would be good seed. And, Lord, that it will grow thereby, that they can grow in the grace and in the knowledge of you, asking you, Lord, that you would have your way this evening in the lives of your listeners. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus, I do pray with much thanksgiving. Amen, amen, and amen. Tonight, 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 the topic tonight is the word surrender. That word has been resounding in my spirit for a few months now, and so I want to talk a little bit about that word called surrender. It means to cease resistance. 
It means to submit to another authority. It means to give in. It means to concede. And I want you to come with me to the Word of God uh, this evening where we can look at and learn from the Scripture about surrender. And the Lord led me to Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32, uh, verses beginning at verse uh, 21 through 31, and I'll be reading the King James Version. And there you'll find these words. The Word of God says, So went the presence over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the four Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he was halt upon his thigh. The word of God for the people of God to glorify God. And the theme or topic or title this evening surrounding the topic surrender is the place of surrender. The place of surrender. I do aerobic morning walks almost every morning that the weather allows. I'm a fair weather walker, in other words. If it's raining, I don't go. If it's snowing, I won't do it. But if it's good weather out there, I'm doing my aerobic walks. And every few weeks or so, or months or so, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish, I set certain goals um, to improve either my distance or the speed the amount of time that I spend on that particular walk. I try to get under, if I'm doing, say, three miles or so, I want to do it under a certain amount of time. So I make that my goal. But sometimes I encounter a pebble in my sneaker, and that is very irritating, and often it hinders my progress. And no matter how hard I try to ignore it, or try to shake it to the side, or try to pretend like it's not there, it becomes the center of my focus and the downfall of my progression. I can't go any further until I surrender and take the steps to remove it from my sneaker. I'm going somewhere with this. What am I saying? Sometimes on our Christian journeys, we encounter pebbles in our proverbial sneakers. Amen. 
we lose sight of or focus of the goal that has been set before us. And those pebbles that we discover in our proverbial sneakers, they hinder us from our progress. Now, there's remedy that comes, but it comes in a place of surrender where we allow God to remove the pebble from our proverbial sneaker so that we can go higher heights and deeper depths in him. Now, what's that got to do with uh, the story of Jacob that I just read in Genesis uh, 32? Well, come with me, and I'll try to make this plain for you. If we look at this story concerning Jacob, um, Jacob's and this event that we see here revealed to revealed to us, tells us, or shows us, or hints to us, and as we continue to read, or we know the story, and I'll go back over that with you, that Jacob had some pebbles in his sneakers that prevented him from moving forward in God. Because remember, God had told Jacob, it was a promise to Abraham, also to Isaac and to Jacob, that they, their seed would be very, very great. Amen. The original promise went to Abraham. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Well, the birthright went to Jacob. The blessing also went to Jacob. So he was to be, to be great in multitude, in power, in authority, all of these things. But what was hindering Jacob from moving further in on the promise that God had said was these proverbial pebbles in his sneakers. What were they? Reconciliation and forgiveness. You remember the story where Jacob steals the birthright from Esau, and then his mother helps him escape so that Esau doesn't kill him. And he spends the majority of his midlife in, at his uncle Laban's, place where he falls in love with Rebecca, right? And and he but he has Leah, the first one that was given to him. It's a long story. Jacob has a long and complicated uh life based on uh how Jacob handles certain situations. He's always been uh the Bible calls him uh a supplanter, a sneak. Devious. He was even devious at the time of birth because he reaches up and pulls his brother when his mother was having both him and his uh, brother Esau. He reaches up and pulls um, um, Esau's uh, foot back down. So what they do is they tie a red cord around uh, Jacob's wrist so they could tell the difference between the two when both of them are birthed. So he starts off uh, being a little devious and whatnot. And then, of course, he's born into a family where there's favorites. The father likes Esau because Esau's a hunter. The mother likes Jacob and all of those things. And there's a conflict that way, but that's not the road I want to go down. What I want to show you is that because of the way that Joseph's character is, certain things befall him during this entire his entire lifetime up to this point. But yet God has not refuted or pulled back the promise that he gave Abraham that your seed would multiply and be as many as the grains of sand and that you would have power. If you would read, uh, I believe it's um, uh, Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 13, you'll read the fivefold promise that, that uh, God gave Abraham. 
And of course, this comes into fruition uh, fully by the time we get to the generation of Jacob, which is where we are now. So what occurs up to this point is that all of this time, Jacob becomes rich living off his um, uncle's land, working his uncle's land, and he even does some devious things there, and his his uncle tricks him into marrying Leah first uh, before he can get Rachel, and, and what happens is he, he does seven years more labor so that he could get the wife that he really wanted and all this. So there's a lot of devious, funny things going on there. But the bottom line is this. Now Jacob is very rich. Jacob has two wives. Jacob has 11 sons. Jacob has concubines. Jacob has possessions that is unreal, but the thing that has left Jacob empty and stagnant is the fact that he had not reconciled with his brother Esau, and he had not asked forgiveness. And if we were to go back to the beginning of Genesis uh, chapter 32 at the very beginning, you will see where the Lord talks to Jacob and says, Jacob, now it is time for you to go home. It is time now for you to reconcile with your brother Esau so that I might come through on the promise that I had promised. Amen. Right? And Jacob says, well, God, if I go back uh, to Esau, he may still be angry with me and he might well kill me. And so, I'm, you know, I'm kind of betwixt and between. I want to do what you want me to do, but I don't want to go back to a circumstance that might cause me my life. Mm-hmm. Yet and still God persists that he go back, and then the Lord says to him, and I will deliver you from your brother Esau. Everything is going to be fine, but you've got to go back. The proverbial pebble in your shoe, Jacob, that's keeping you from being greater than you are now is the fact that reconciliation, you need to reconcile with your brother. You need to ask forgiveness of your brother. Here's my question to you and I. On our Christian journey, sometimes we have pebbles in our sneakers, and it's keeping us from moving on the road that God would have us to move, keeping us from going to different levels that God would have us to go, keeping us from achieving different goals, keeping us from greater purpose because we have these pebbles in our sneakers. And and sometimes what we've learned how to do at times is to kind of shake it, you know, walk a little bit and you shake it to the side to get it out of the way of irritation, but it always rolls back to the point where it's very irritating. And then, or sometimes we try to ignore but yet God knows what needs to be removed, and because we're hesitant, he, he does not allow us to go further. We're hindered because of the pebble in our sneakers. But the remedy, as I said at the top of the program, is to come to a place of surrender, and that's why the Lord led me to Genesis uh, chapter 32. So now you know the background of Jacob, and you see where Jacob is at this point in time. So let's go to the Word of God, and let's look at this place called surrender, because there's some things that are necessary uh, in this place called surrender so that we might get uh, the release that we need and the relief that we need so that we can proceed where God would have us to, in fact, go. 
Once again, Jacob is rich. He has two wives. He's got concubines. He has children, 11 of them. He has possessions, and he you know, thinks he's set on everything, but he feels so empty because he's got to deal with reconciliation. He's got to deal with forgiveness. And these things stand between Jacob and the greater plan that God has for him. And, of course, he's going to try to find ways to fix it because that's what we try to do. We try to find ways to fix it other than surrendering, other than giving in, other than ceasing to resist. Other than submitting, we want to try to compromise. We want to find another way around. Well, one of the things that Jacob tries to do is try to release things ahead of him to his brother to soften his brother's attitude. What are you talking about? All right, let's let's take a look. Let's take a look because all this has to do with the place of surrender. When I take a look at verse uh, 21. It says, so went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. So I'm starting in the middle. What occurs is Jacob tells his servants, if you go all the way back to, say, verse uh, 12 and 13, he talks to his servants and he says, you know, take all these she-goats over there, 200 she-goats and and 20 he-goats and and 200 ewes and 20 rams and take – 30 um, millet camels with their colts and 40 kinds and 10 bulls and, and 20 she-asses and, and 10 foals and deliver them uh, to my brother Esau and put a space between each one of those so that my brother can see that I've done well and that I'm willing to give him or share with him the things that I have accomplished being away from home so long and, and use it as a peace offering. This is, this is what, 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 uh, what uh, Jacob wants to do. He's trying to find a way um, um, to make this thing work uh, without having to, sur- to do the thing that he's supposed to do is surrender. Amen. Uh, he says, goes, goes further, he says, uh, um, and tell them that this is from me. And then he says, and then uh, do this uh, the first time, do it the second time, do it the third time, and follow it by droves. Verse 19 is where I am right now. And do it according to this manner so that Esau will be pleasant or pleased with me. Verse 20 says, and say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me, and afterward I will see his face, peradventure he will accept me. So Jacob is still trying to use his ways uh, to, to, further, to, get, to move things further along uh, instead of surrendering and letting God handle this whole thing out. So he figures he can uh, uh, shower his brother with all these presents and that his brother is going to uh, give him forgiveness based on the things that he did. But how many of you know that uh, God doesn't want our things? He wants us. So this place of surrender requires us to make it a place of release. What am I talking about? When I get to verse 21, so the present went over before him, went over before Jacob, and Jacob himself lodged that night in the company. And verse 22 says, and he rose up that night, and he took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok, and he took them and sent them over the brook 
and sent over that he had. So now he's down to no longer sending possessions and animals and riches and all the stuff. He's sending his family over. But he himself still had not made the appearance, which was the requirement that God had said, you have to go and make amends. You have to go and reconcile with your brother. And don't worry, I'm going to make sure he accepts you. But ja- but Jacob doesn't hear that part. Jacob's just so bent on the fact that he thinks his brother's going to kill him. So he sends over animals, he sends over oxen, he sends over riches, he sends over all these things, and finally he sends over his family. That's where we get to. But the place of surrender is also a place of release because as we try to bargain with God so that we can move forward, we come to a place where we begin to realize God doesn't want our things. God wants us instead, talking about this place of surrender. When I get to verse 24, the A portion, it says, And Jacob was left alone. Another important thing about this place of surrender is that it's a place of isolation. God has a way of stripping us down making us uncomfortable, isolating us that we might give him our full attention so that he would be able to, here it is, help us recognize the pebble in our sneaker and help us to remove it so that we can move further in the purpose and plan that he has for our life. Talking about the place of surrender. It's a place of release. It's a place of isolation. God wants our full attention, and he has a way of stripping us down to there's nothing but you and him, me and him, you and God. Talk about the place of surrender, place of isolation, place of release. Let's continue to read verse 24. Jacob was left alone. B portion. And there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of day. Stop for a minute. Not only are we isolated, but now we find a, a tussle going on. We find ourselves struggling with God. We find ourselves in a place where we know Something's not quite right, and but we don't want to necessarily do it his way. Uh, we want to try to hear this bargain that we might be able to have our cake and eat it too, so to say. And let's be honest with ourselves. We do that from time to time. We bargain with God, and we want to have our cake, and we want to eat it too. But this place of surrender is there's no, neg- no, no negotiation. God isn't looking for a negotiation contract with you. What he wants to do is he needs to let you be fully aware of what's separating or hindering you from moving forward in him. And he's realizing that since you found a way to ignore it, since you found a way to compensate, he says, then I have to be the one to strip you of everything, to release you of everything, to isolate you, to bring you to the realization that it's going to be my way. This is God talking. That is going to be my way in order for you to go the way that I want you to go. So there's going to be this, this place of surrender is going to be a place of struggle for you. What is it? What's the proverbial pebble in your sneaker, Tating, and that's stopping you from moving forward in God? 
Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. What is that very thing? What is why? Why does God have you in the position that He has you in right now, where you feel isolated, where you feel that you know you're empty, where you feel that you're at a standstill? Why does He have you there? Is the question that you need to ask, Lord. What is it? that's hindering me from moving forward in you? What is the pebble in my sneaker that's keeping me from from accomplishing or moving down the road that you want me to do? And then here it is. Instead of being like Jacob and struggling, wrestling with it, this place of surrender, that's what you need to do is surrender. But I love God in using this place of surrender because he allows you to struggle in it knowing you won't win. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. I'm talking to me today. Amen. Let's look at verse 25. And when he, Jacob, saw that he prevailed not against him, that's the angel or the man, he touched, the angel or the man, touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Do you see this? The place of surrender is not only a place of release, not only a place of isolation, not only a place of struggle, but it's a place of revelation and it's a place of submission. God is now going to reveal to you the thing that separates, the thing that hinders you from the progress. And here it is. And the limp, per se, will be the forever reminder to you of the turning point in your struggle with God. Oh, yeah, and there is a turning point with this struggle from God that God allows you to tussle with him. There's a turning point there. Amen. Let's read. Let's read. Verse 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go except you Bless me. This is the conversation that Jacob is having with the man that he's wrestling with, which is the angel of the Lord, right? Okay. So here it is. Here it is. And I don't want you to miss this. This is very important. Once God strips things away from you, got your undivided attention, he allows you to wrestle for a little while, but he says you're not coming out of this thing unscathed. You're going to remember this because I don't want this pebbled in the shoe to appear again, and you ignore it as I want to move you forward, right? So I'm going to reveal some things to you. You're going to submit, but here it is. You're also going to be changed. This place of surrender is a place of change. Let's look at it. Verse uh, 27. He said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, my name is Jacob. Verse 28, and he, that's the man or the angel of the Lord, says, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Do you see that? 
Verse 28 right there shows me that the place of surrender is a place of change. The place of surrender where you struggle with God is the place where he will change your focus. It's a place where he will change your direction. It is a place where he will change your character. Jacob's name meant supplanter, deceiver. But in this struggle, God changes Jacob's name to Israel. Your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel, which means, here it is, prince that has power with God. Amen. So God says, in order for me to move you to the places that you need to move to, to go to the greater purpose that I have for you, yeah, okay, I have to remove the pebble out of your proverbial sneaker, but I can only do it in a place of surrender where I have your full attention, where you've totally released everything, where you, I'll allow you to struggle for a minute, but I'm going to take control of this whole thing, and I'm going to change you. I'm going to change your focus. I'm going to change your character. I'm going to change your direction. And for Jacob, his name was changed. And because his name was changed, Jacob's character was also changed. Because in order for Jacob to, uh, to fulfill the ultimate purpose that God had for him, his character had to be changed. Oh, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Talking about this place of surrender. Let's, let's read a little bit further. Let's read a little bit further. Let's read a little bit further. Verse 29. Jacob asked him, and tell me, I pray you, uh, your name. And he said, wherefore is it that you have to ask my name? See, you know what? That's so funny about us. Okay, so we submit to God. We realize we're out of order. We're out of step. We're allowing God uh, to, to take that hindrance away. Uh, we, we, we have a reminder of the struggle that he allowed us to have. He changes our character, but something in the back of our head now wants verification that a true change has been made because that was Jacob's thinking. By the way, tell me what your name is. And this, this, this figure, this angel of the Lord says, what importance is it for you to know what my name is? When I have given you new direction, when I have given you new purpose, when I have changed your character, when I have blessed you, when I have spoken to your spirit, the great purpose that I have for you, it's not necessary. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. It's not necessary for you to ask God to give you validation. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Validation of what he has done in this place of surrender. What you need to do is accept what he's done for you in this place of surrender. Accept the change. Accept the isolation. Accept the revelation. Accept the submission. And accept the purpose. When we read the rest of verse 29, he says, I don't have to tell you my name. All right? He says, he says but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you right here. Amen. And this is what God's talking about. Now, look at verse 30. Don't, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Verse 30. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Do you see that? This place of surrender now becomes a place of remembrance. It becomes your Peniel moment, so to speak, where you will forever remember that you had a face-to-face -face encounter with God. Mm -hmm. And you will be forever grateful 
that you had this face-to-face encounter with God. Because if you had not, you would not have been, you would not be able to go further in the purpose that he had for you. You would not be able to go further in the plan that he had for you. You would not be able to treat, achieve greater that he has for you, even though you think what you're doing may be great or, you know, I mean, the Lord has already promoted you, has already um, um, enhanced you and, and uh, your ministry is five and all, but then you hit this wall, so to speak. Well, there's a pebble in your sneaker, and God has to take you to this place of surrender to reveal this pebble in the sneaker. Amen. But here it is. Then you need to be like Jacob and remember that there was a point where God had to reveal himself to me. And though I in myself tried to struggle and tried to negotiate things my way, I came to really realize that I cannot change God's mind. God has already preordained what he would have me to do. And how about this? And how he would have it done. And that I would need to be, here it is, humble. I would need to be submissive. I would need to concede to his will, to his work, to his way, so that he can bless me the way that he wants to bless me. And so so listen, listen. That's why in verse 30, Jacob calls the place Peniel. He said, because that word to me, Jacob says, means I've seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. I've argued with God. I've struggled with God. I've tried to convince God to do it my way, and he didn't wipe me out. What he did was he changed my character. He changed my direction. He changed my focus. He changed me. And now I'm thinking the way he wants me to think so that I can accomplish the thing that he wants me to to, to accomplish and do it the way he wants me to do it. Saints and friends of the Most High God, we don't change God. God changes us. Talking about this place of surrender. It's a place of remembrance. God wants to move you to another level in him. Here's the question. What is the pebble in your shoe? Is it unforgiveness? Think about that. It might not be something recent. It might be something that we call water under the bridge. Oh, you build up a, you know, a pretty good bridge. You build up a pretty good wall, and you know, uh, you don't even remember that that you haven't asked for forgiveness or you haven't granted forgiveness. Oh, I'm going to go there. You haven't granted forgiveness, asked for forgiveness. Perhaps that's not. Maybe it's reconciliation, like it was for Jacob needed to be reconciled, right? Needed to be rerouted, needed to be reconnected with home. Maybe maybe your pebble is your pride and your stubbornness. You can't go further because of your pride. You can't go further because you're stubborn. You want to do it your way. It's your way or it's the highway. Maybe, maybe that's your pebble in your in your sneaker. Maybe it's rebellion. Oh, I'm not talking about the radical rebellion. I'm talking about the subtle rebellion. I just I just won't do it. I, I just won't say it. I just won't agree with that. I won't say I won't agree, but I just won't agree. 
I won't say I'm not going to do it, but I just won't do it. Subtle rebellion. Obedience might be your pebble. Have a hard time obeying authority, obeying leadership. Yeah. What's the pebble in your sneaker where God wants to drive you to a place of surrender so that he can remove that pebble that you've chosen to ignore, that you've chosen to try to shift, place of surrender that he's trying to drive you to because he wants to use you on a higher level than what you are now. We must allow him to show us where adjustments have to be made in our lives. We have to allow God to do that. And sometimes we're going to wrestle with God. And but how about this? When you wrestle with God, he'll reveal it to you. Oh, he's not, he's not angry because you're wrestling. He's got to break your will. And you have to come to the realization that you're not stronger than God. As a matter of fact, the words of God says that your arms are too short to box with God. There's no way you can do that. You're not going to win that one. All right? So, so no matter how great, no matter how small this, this pebble, this, this hindrance is, it's time to surrender. It's time to get to this place of surrender where you can release, be stripped all the way down uh, so that you can begin to realize that God's not concerned about your things. He's not concerned about your elevation. He's not concerned about your advancement at this point. He doesn't need to know about that. He doesn't even care about that per se. What he wants is he wants you. He wants your undivided attention. And this place called surrender is going to be a place of isolation where he gets your undivided attention. And in that place, because he has your undivided attention, you might be uncomfortable. You might find yourself struggling. You might find yourself trying to compromise. You might find yourself trying to renegotiate. And God's going to let you do it for a minute, and then he's going to be fed up with it, and then he's going to hit you in the thigh, so to speak, so that you'll be able to realize and recognize and it will be revealed to you that you can't change God's mind. It's going to be God's way and that he's going to get that thing done. And then what he's going to do in this place called surrender is he's going to change you. He's going to change your focus. He's going to change your direction. He's going to change your attitude. He's going to change your your character. He's going to change you. He's going to put you back onto the road, back into position where he needs you to go so that he can perform greater in your life. Amen. And how about this? You're going to be so grateful, just like Jacob was, and it's going to become a place of remembrance for you. That means you're growing in grace and the knowledge of him when you begin to remember what God has done or what God is doing. And you can remember when you tussled with God and how God changed you. And you're grateful for the tussle. You're grateful for the change because now you can see that the way you were going was not going to be able to accomplish what God wanted to accomplish in you. That place of surrender, talked about it at the beginning of, 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 of the show, at the top of the show, that place of surrender. we got to get to that place. So I ask you again, God wants to move you to another level. What's the pebble in your sneaker? What is it? It's time to surrender. It's time to, to release. It's time to submit. It's time to remember. Uh, Charles Tinley, a great hymn writer, He wrote, nothing between my soul and my Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. 
nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. God doesn't want anything between you and him so that he can move you to a place called greater, so that he can move you and you can be able to uh, take advantage of and perform the plan and purpose that he has for you in your life. And here it is, and this is so humbling, and, and I'm just so glad that the Lord spoke to me about that, is no matter how far he advances you, uh, that still he, he's, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could even ask or think. You might think you're at the top of your game now and God's saying, no, you just on the first rung of that ladder. I can get you higher if you come to the place of surrender. I can move you higher. This is what God is saying to you. Oh, I've got greater things for you to do. Oh, I've got greater blessings for you. Oh, I've got greater for you. I can move you above where you think you are now. But I need you to come to this place of surrender so that I can reveal to you what the pebble is in your sneaker so that I can use you, this is God talking, for my glory. That's That's what God is saying. Amen? Amen. Look, I know I said a lot, and I'm finished. But the Lord is telling me that some, a pebble in some of you sneakers happen to be that you don't have a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that pebble is you have an accepted measure, Lord, a Savior. And now it's time for you to do that. It's time for you to confess him as your Lord and Savior. That's what it's about because the word of God tells us that that's a necessary thing. Romans 3.23 says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through Christ Jesus. And here's the great thing. Romans 5.8 says, for God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he made a way for us to get back to be reconciled to God. And he makes himself available in Revelation 3.10. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hear my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and I'll sup with him and he with me. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to remove uh, that, that, that uh, pebble in your proverbial sneaker that keeps you from being reconciled back to God the Father. And he makes it really easy. You know, no bling. Uh, uh, you don't have to have, you know, eloquence, nothing like that. He says, look, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What do you mean? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So some of us, for some of you, you're just a prayer away from having that pebble removed so you can be reconciled with God so that you can fulfill a purpose that he had preordained from you from, from the beginning. So I, I, want you to, I want you to pray with me. Lord, I, I confess that I'm a sinner. I, I, I know I've rebelled. I, I've not rejected you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sin and that God has raised you, Jesus, from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, I'm opening the door of my heart. Please come into my life today. Forgive me for all of my sins 
and save my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer and saving my soul. In the name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now, if you've confessed Jesus Christ, you've prayed that prayer, and you've believed the prayer that you just prayed in your heart, then welcome to the family of God. Today begins your new life in Christ. For the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, here it is. Now, in order to live this life now more abundantly, you'll need to seek out and connect with and join a Bible-believing, a Bible-teaching church. Mm-hmm. Because you want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want to learn about the many promises that God has for you in his word. Amen? Amen. And when you do that, you're on the first rung of the ladder, getting ready to go up. And praise the Lord for the place of surrender. Amen? Amen. Now, Pastor Toy is going to uh, talk to you about some announcements that I know that you need to hear. Amen. Hallelujah, God. We bless and praise God for that word that has gone forth this evening. You know, it, I wish I was a singer. Because the, the song that I keep hearing in my head right this second is let the church say amen. God has spoken and let the church say amen. Hallelujah, God. Don't, listen, I'm still stuck on the little uh, peripheral, proverbial pebbles in my spiritual shoe. I, oh, girl, you blessed my soul this evening, and I thank and bless God for that word that came forth. Bless God by faith for that soul out there who heard the word this evening and gave their lives to Christ. We thank and bless God by faith for that backslidden soul who has received that word this evening and has come back to a reconciliation with God through Christ Jesus. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until you do, bless God, that is why he has Purpose Kingdom Network here just for you. Please join us tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. At 9 p.m. tomorrow evening for another broadcast of Purpose Kingdom Network. We will be broadcasting a Bible study for life with myself, Pastor Talene Daly, as the host at 9 p.m. right here on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. I'm just so excited about what God is doing. We invite you to follow us via our webpage at www.pknradio.com. Again, that's P as in Purpose, K as in Kingdom, N as in Network, radio.com. There you are able to be blessed with gospel music where we are broadcasting 24 hours a day, the love of God, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through gospel music 24 hours a day. We thank and bless God for each and every one of you. And evangelists, again, I am just in awe and amazement and how God has used you to bless this evening, and the ministry is back in your hands. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for you, Pastor Toy. And praise the Lord for Purpose Kingdom Network, doing great things for God. Amen. And I praise God for this. Just let me just recap this one more thing. This place of surrender. All of us need to get there because we all have a proverbial pebble in our sneaker, in our spiritual sneaker, that needs to be removed. And God has designed this place just for you, just for me. No, no one's exempt. No big eyes, no little U's. Everybody has a place in this place called surrender. And this place called surrender where you submit, where you, where you concede, where you uh, no longer resist to his authority. That's the place where you can release because God doesn't want your things. He wants you. It's a place for isolation where it's a one-on-one with you and God, no one else. It's a place where you might struggle. Because you might want to compromise or you might want to negotiate, but there's no negotiations, but God lets you struggle anyhow. And then in this place called surrender, he's going to make sure that he reveals to you what's hindering you, what's stopping you, what's, what's slowing your role slowing your progress from taking you to higher heights and deeper depths in him. He'll, he'll reveal that thing to you. And then he'll make a change in your life. He'll make a change in your focus, a change in your direction, a change in your attitude, a change in your character, a change that's going to be necessary to move you further in him. And you're going to be grateful for that. So that place of surrender is going to become a place of remembrance where you can say, I met with God face to face. And now I have a better understanding of what it is that he wants me to do for him, for his glory. Thank you, God, for removing that pebble in my spiritual sneaker. Amen. Amen. So until next time, let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. I am Evangelist Cheryl Johnson. And you've been listening to In Search of the Truth. I bid you peace and God's blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. And good night. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose. Yeah.